tonight on this special edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm joined by Michael DiStefano to talk about the NHL coming back on tonight's Locked On Anaheim Ducks special edition brought to you by Built Bar. How's everyone doing tonight? And once again, big thank you to the Mad Hat Hucksters for playing us in. If you haven't already, go check out the Mad Hat Hucksters, local band out of San Diego. A really awesome swing band. Check them out. They're a lot of fun. And this song, by the way, is Pandemic Christmas. And I'll play that more later on. All right. We're going to get right into it. This is a special edition emergency podcast because, as you may have heard, the NHL Players Association and the NHL have agreed to a 56-game season for the upcoming 2021 campaign. That is right. Hockey is officially coming back in four weeks. This is fantastic news for Ducks fans. We haven't seen a game in over nine months. By the time hockey comes back, it will have been 10 long months since the Anaheim Ducks last played competitive hockey. So we're going to talk all about that on today's episode, and let's get right into it. Uh, First off, just want to say that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. All right, let's get right into it where I'm joined by Michael DiStefano, who's the host of Locked on Leafs, and who's also from TSN 1050 Radio up in Canada. So once again, I'm joined by Michael DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto as we discuss the NHL coming back. Enjoy, folks. All right, Jason, let's get into it, man. There was a massive news dump that just came down just moments ago. We're still getting a lot of this news, and we got to go over a lot of it. Uh, So the big news, it looks like that the NHL and the NHLPA have tentatively agreed to a 56-game season. This stuff's still obviously ongoing. It's got to go through the Board of Governors, uh, but it looks like they're actually going to start January 13th. When I don't know about you, but on my show, we've been talking about how this game or that date of January 13th seemingly seemed like that was not going to be the case anymore. Are you surprised that with this news that the 13th is still the target date? I'm shocked, to be honest. I thought it would be somewhere between January 21st or later January. 13th still seems like a pipe dream to me. I mean, these dates are all subject to change, as pretty much every news outlet has said and nothing is finalized. This does seem like like hope because there are some major hurdles still to overcome. The big one, of course, is provincial, I guess, what each province is going to do as far as health protocol, as far as will the Canadian teams be in a bubble? Will they all play in the U.S.? We still don't know that part, and that's still a hurdle that has to be overcome. Yeah, so that was a a whole other thing that's been going on over the last 24 hours. Uh, Each of the, or some of the provinces came out and said that there was issues when it came to whether or not they're going to bend the rules a little bit for the NHL to participate in, uh, in, in the sport, I guess, and put on events within their, their provinces. And that kind of threw everybody for a little bit of a whirl yesterday. 
And then this this I don't want to say rumor because I think there, it's a legitimate option. But, you know, this other option kind of came about where I guess the NHL is still mulling away and, and may end up sending all seven Canadian teams down to the U.S. But then today it kind of got uh, we could say extinguished a little bit. Again, nothing still set in stone because uh, for TSM, Pierre Lebrun came out and basically said, yeah, look, that is an option. That is something that may have to happen. But plan B isn't to send everybody send all seven canadian teams down to the states plan a is to have everybody playing their own buildings toronto playing in toronto vancouver and vancouver ottawa and ottawa and so on and so forth plan b however is to have a hub city and bubble up for a little bit and i think that may end up having to be the case but again this is something that we don't know and they said that maybe we'll find this out on monday the Edmonton bubble would not be a bad idea. And by the way, that's where the bubble would be, is in Edmonton, which makes sense for the sole reason that everything is contained within a perimeter. You have the hotel connected to the arena. You have the practice rinks that are pretty much right next door to the arena. Everything is confined in such a small area that it is very possible to have seven teams in that area. If they could have 12 Western Conference teams there or eight they can easily house seven teams for an extended period of time if they need to. This is not a plan A, but they're already doing that right now with the WJCs. Don't forget, we have that starting next week. Uh, uh, yeah, from today. Seven days, the World Juniors begin in Edmonton, and there are mm-hmm. already 10 teams in that bubble for juniors. And they're used to this. We saw this happen successfully with no positive cases, by the way with the NHL playoffs and the last two rounds being in Edmonton. So that's not a bad plan B if they go that route. I don't know if the players are going to like it necessarily. It's a matter of which plan will the players hate less? Will they hate right. going to the States less or will they hate going to the bubble less? And you would have to think that if they, they've signed off on this 56-game season, that they've had to agree to all three of these options, whether it's option A, which is obviously for everybody to play in their own buildings, option B, to kind of do a hub city scenario in Edmonton or Toronto. I think those are the two clubs, Edmonton probably most likely. And then option C would be to have everybody move down south of the border and have all 31 teams play in the U.S. That is not a preferred option, but you would think that in order to to sign off on this and to have approval from both the league and the PA still needs to go through the, the governors uh, in order to officially be eradicated. But you'd have to think in order for this to be agreed upon that all three of those had to have been signed off by the, by the, the players. Oh, absolutely. And you have to think about um, the players and their families too. What's going to happen. Are they going to have their families with them? Are there going to be some other concessions that they might consider later on down the line? These are all things they have to think about. As we go along to this January 3rd, or rather, for some teams, for most teams, January. For my team that I cover, the Anaheim Ducks, or really any California team, there's a different day. Because uh, this bit of news that I do want to kind of touch upon is that the training camps will begin on January 3rd, except for the seven teams who didn't make the bubble. They would open camp on December 30th. That's only three days difference. The seven non-playoff teams got to be a little bit ticked off about that because they were hoping for a two-week advancement as far as training camps. No, they're only getting three days. They're at a severe disadvantage because a lot of these teams have not played since March 11th. 
March 11th. That's 280 days ago between playing competitive hockey, unless you're some players that have been working out here in SoCal. Uh, I can confirm that some of those players have been working out either at the rinks in Anaheim or at uh, Great Park Ice down in Irvine, California, which is their training facility or one of their training facilities. And some players, including Trevor Zegris, they were working out down there in Irvine. So there's it's one thing to work out, but it's another thing to be in that game shape and game ready and play against competition in the highest level. So only having three days difference, they've got to be not too pleased about that. Well, not only that, they're also, it looks like, no exhibition games either. So they're not even going to have any tune-up games after not playing hockey. This is going on, what, nine months without playing hockey? Like, that's going to be real tough for these guys, not only mentally and physically, but in terms of injuries. Like, I know that I spoke to some sports, uh, to, to some, you know, chiropractors and sports doctors, and it was a big issue in the, in the in the NBA season where they said for some of these teams who didn't go to the bubble, after not being that active in game shape, and going right into it, just a couple of practices, a couple of weeks worth of uh, practices, and then just a couple of games, and then going full tilt into the regular season could be worrisome. And I, I, I fear that maybe that could be the case coming into the NHL and that they're kind of speeding things along a little bit too quickly, especially for those teams who haven't played since March, like your Ducks. Yeah, it's already happening in the NBA. The often injured Gordon Hayward, he just got hurt uh, yet again. <laughs> that was going to happen anyway, let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> Like I said, the often injured. We knew it was going to happen. The odds yeah. of that happening are probably more than even. And I, I bet the odds on that on betonline.ag was <laughs> minus 500. New show sponsor, by the way, of the Lockdown <laughs> program uh, here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, betonline.ag. So if you're ever looking for anything to bet on, go do it on betonline.ag. They've got uh, so many new spreads, lines, numbers, and I bet they will have games or man games lost, or at least let's ask and see if they can put a line out there for us for uh, for some of these teams. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to bet that, but... Hey, it could be a possibility. Well, we don't want to bet uh, on injuries. Just the, no, just the no. amount of we'll games played, under. that's all. Let's bet the under. We'll, we'll, we'll bet the <laughs> under on the injuries and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, we got a bunch other of other questions, too. Like, there are so many more questions that came about today. We have a couple of answers, but still so much that needs to be answered. And we'll talk about some of those questions on the other side. Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs. Joining me is Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks. This is a crossover podcast for both of us as we go over some of this breaking news of what's going on in the NHL. We just heard literally as we are uh, recording this within the hour that the NHL and the Players Association have agreed to a tentative 56-game season. But again, there are so many more questions that still need to be answered. Not everything has been 
being uh, figured out by the PA. The Board of Governors still needs to sign off on it and make sure everything is final. But what we do know, 56 games is what they want. They are still targeting January 13th. Training camps targeting for January 3rd for those who are in the bubble. The 30th for those seven teams that were not, such as the Ducks. But still so many more questions. And one of the big ones that I personally have is what what is going to go on with these taxi squads? Because we've already heard that they're going to be increasing the limit of the roster just in case the injury bug or the COVID bug hits. Because you're not going to be able to bring up teams up and down from your AHL roster like you normally could, right? Like we with the Leafs, if there is an injury to, uh, to you know, let's say Morgan Riley gets hurt, you could call up Martin Marincin to come up from the, the Marlies and he'll be in your lineup that night, especially since we share the same city as our AHL affiliate or you guys down with Anaheim and the Gulls. So, but you're not going to be able to do that this year. And there's no, going to be because there's something to consider. Some of these teams in the West coast, they have to deal with having their AHL affiliates in the States or vice versa. And I will give two examples that are close by in California, the Stockton heat Stockton, California, and the Calgary flames. They have a border between them. Another example, the Bakersfield condors and the Edmonton Oilers. You also have your AHL team in California and your NHL team up in Canada. So those are two major things. What was that? At least that's the same time zone. What about the Vancouver Canucks and the Utica Utica Comets? That's that's the one I wanted to get to really badly because that's already a lose-lose situation being on the opposite coast. And I know the AHL in the recent years tried to remedy that. Where I'm going to go back in time a little bit to six, seven years ago, where you used to have all your West Coast teams and all your affiliates were in the East Coast. The Sharks had their farm team in Worcester. The Kings had their farm team in, uh, oh, not Worcester, uh, Manchester. And what, the Ducks? They had theirs in Norfolk. So all of their AHL affiliates were three time zones away. They've remedied that now. Not the case for every single team, but there are still those kind of outliers like the Canucks that are going to have to have a taxi squad. And for myself that normally works in the American Hockey League, I see these players all the time. And from Patrick Williams, what he said is that there's going to be a four to six man taxi squad and all 29 players max. So it's 29 now instead of the usual 23, 24. They will travel and practice with the team. And this taxi squad is paid the full AHL salary. So the CBA. AHL or AHL salary? AHL salary. Oh. So for some inter- of for some of those two way players, it's going to be interesting how the numbers go out. I think what's going to happen here is there's going to be quite a few players that end up losing a little bit of money where they're going to get their AHL pay instead of their NHL pay for those two way or some some players that are two or one way. It depends on their contract. And the CBA has to be expanded to include more flexible emergency recalls, which is why you have this taxi squad. And this has a ripple effect on the American Hockey League as well. This is going to open up a ton of spots on AHL rosters. Think about the Marlies. It's going to open up maybe some goalie positions because you know they're going to have a third goalie for each team. So you could see some goalies that are down in their ECHL team coming up, assuming they have an ECHL team. I think the Leafs, their ECHL team may have opted out. They did, and that was another thing too. You think about all the team, all the players that 
uh, are not going to be playing with the ECHL affiliates. I believe they have the option to go sign elsewhere, those who aren't uh, with, with the Maple Leafs. And, and if they are like a Maple Leaf prospect who are playing ECHL or a Ducks prospect, I believe they would be able to loan them out to a, a different club, whether that's overseas or within the ECHL with one of the teams that are opting in. But what that will do also is, again, those six players, will say four to six players that are AHL stars, really good players, are going to be shifted up into the NHL, sort of, like on that taxi squad, which is going to open up four or five, maybe as much as six new jobs per team that could be taken over by the guys who are in the ECHL, which could create more jobs down there despite teams opting out. So it, it could work out for some of the bottom, uh, yeah. you know, the, the teams or the players that are lower on the totem pole a little bit here where they could end up with work where otherwise they may not have uh, or they thought they weren't going to at least, and these taxi squads could help with them. But a big hey, you question. Know what? It's, it's Vincent Loverty time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No idea. <laughs> but my question, and this is something that I'm wondering, I'm sure you're wondering the same thing. You know, what, what type of players are we going to see on this taxi squad? Like, are we just going to see journeyman tweeners or, you know, these top prospects who aren't quite ready for the NHL, but are guys who you normally would send down to rip it up to get that ice time in the AHL? But if you're not going to be using them down there and you want to have them practicing with your team, how much is that going to hurt the development of these guys? Like, I, I, maybe I, th- you can think of a couple of ducks, but as for the Maple Leafs, I'm thinking a guy like Timothy Lilligren, Rasmus Sandin, maybe a Nick Robertson. And again, I'm sure you've got your handful of ducks prospects who are kind of on the cusp of making the team, but might be best suited, you know, playing top six minutes down in uh, in the AHL. What are you going to do with those players? And if they're on these taxi squads, is that going to hinder their development? First off, I like Sandine a bunch. I think he's a tremendous player for you guys. So you you have a pretty good minor league system down in Toronto. As far as the Ducks go, they're all very, very young. And this does hinder their development because you look at guys like Trevor Zegras. He might have to come up pretty quickly and look at some of the draft picks that they just got. I know Drysdale, he was looking at starting off in San Diego. They might still do that and try to bring him up somewhat slowly as possible, but I don't see that happening now if there's a taxi squad. But this could also be good for them because it'll it'll put them right in the fire as far as playing against the big boys now. The Ducks have a ton of young players. Max Jones, uh, Max Comtois. Then you have Trevor Zegris, who might light it up in WJCs once again. You don't know. Jamie Drysdale, he could be a big factor. Ole Eriksson Eck, he could go up to San Diego where he wasn't he wasn't quite ready for that yet. He's still young. So there's just a ton of prospects. And that's just where the Ducks are. The only advantage Anaheim has. Their ECHL team is in fact playing. Uh, their ECHL team is the Tulsa Oilers. Well, I shouldn't say they're playing because they were supposed to play a game tonight and this weekend. But that game got postponed. Because the ECHL had their first case of COVID cancellations. So that's something else that you might have to consider a little mm-hmm. bit. That it could still happen. We just yeah. don't know. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Like 
it could happen in the ECHL, in the NHL. You know, I've I've heard rumblings over the last little bit, even that junior hockey in the OHL may not end up having them having a season. Like the the later and later they go, it seems like they're going to be pushing back that February fourth date. And if you do that, how far can you push it back and still have a season? You, you may not get it. It doesn't matter what level of hockey it is. This disease takes no prisoners. And uh, it's it's really put a wrench into a lot of things here, not just in hockey, not just in sports, but really in life. And it's just it, we were talking before we actually hit record, just, you know, saying how uh, the differences, I guess, between what was going down and you're on total lockdown over in uh, California. We're experiencing it up here in Toronto now in, in Code Gray. And kind of the difference, I think, between the first initial lockdown back in March, April, was that at least now it looks like we're going to get hockey. Whereas before, we were in the weeds for months. Yeah. Months. But now, at least it looks like we're pretty close to signing everything up and are squaring everything up and getting going on a season. There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, no doubt about it. But I think just like the MLB, just like the NFL and just like the NBA so far, they'll get right through it and they'll find their way to the finish line. And I think the NHL will be able to get this thing up and going and uh, we'll see hockey here in 2021 fairly soon. Yeah, very hopeful that we'll have hockey here in 2021 in a few weeks. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission, but let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. That tastes like a candy bar, whether you're looking for cookies and cream Cherry Barcia, or one of the limited edition white chocolate flavors. You can check them out at BuiltBar.com. They are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 18 grams of protein. It is packed with protein. It is very good for you. Low calorie, low sugar. They are very, very marshmallowy. And most importantly, they taste fantastic. I love them. I have a Built Bar whenever I can. Cookies and cream, my favorite one. Although I do love the white chocolate cookies and cream, I'm glad I snatched that up when I did. And you too can try Built Bar for yourselves by heading over to BuiltBar.com and entering promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order of Built Bar. So once again, check it out at BuiltBar.com. More to come after the second intermission. Stay locked in, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and Michael DiStefano as we are talking about the NHL coming back January 13th. And it's going to be really weird seeing some of these taxi squads out there. We're going to have four to six guys per team. It's going to be really strange. That, that, that's that's a, another question that I had, actually. It was, did you see anything? I haven't seen anything about whether or not these taxi squads going to count for cap and whether or not if a guy's, uh, if they have to bring somebody up and down, if that's going to work, is there going to be, um, you know, like I, I just, is well, there going to be a compliance buyout? I know that was a, a rumor that was going around or something that. that we were talking so, about. Oh, okay. so I can answer that because um, there is still a possibility that AHL teams could declare their intention to play or not play. So there is a caveat as far as American Hockey League teams and being in a market where there might not be games. We still don't see 
if every team is going to play. There is an expectation that there could possibly be some AHL teams that may opt out. So obviously a lot depends on how the NHL's plans unfold and how different AHL teams are going to unfold as well. As far as a cap, it would give an it would give an extension or I guess an expansion as far as the cap, but only for those types of players. So there is going to now be some kind of flexibility as far as I guess not exactly a hard salary cap, but there is now some flexibility if there are taxi squad players. But this also might have to do with why the squad is paid AHL salary as opposed to an NHL salary. Right, right. What other? What are some other questions that we still need to figure out that we still are waiting to hear from a lot of these insiders from, you know, ESPN, TSN, Sportsnet, you know, the, any of the league's insiders waiting for all this news to break. Is there anything that you really are still wondering uh, what is going to be going on to start this year? Uh, the obvious question, the health of the players. And also the other big question, this vaccine that was bandied about a week ago where they where the NHL insisted that they were not going to be jumping anyone in line. There's still the question of when are the players going to get vaccinated? Are they going to get vaccinated in time? That's the million dollar question right there is the health of the players. Yeah, uh, I, I almost forgot about that. But yeah, the NHL came out. There was that report that they were going to, you know, buy buy up tests and be kind of first in line to to get everybody vaccinated so that they can, you know, get get the season. Which to me was kind of I, I don't know if I really believe that because if there was any sports league who's going to be able to do that, the NHL I think would have been last in line when it comes to the major four sports leagues. So no, I it, think they would have been second or third. You think? I don't know. I feel like baseball the NFL doesn't would... care. Yeah, maybe. So I'll go third. I'll, I'll, I'll say third then. Yeah. I think the NFL, 100%, they would have been first in line to get everybody vaccinated so that they can get through their season. They're the number one sport in America. Yeah, in but North they're, America. they're so far ahead in the season, it might not matter. Uh, but you don't want to have to deal with it in the playoffs. Playoffs? At all. <laughs> playoffs. Jim Mora, right? Maybe they'll just... Maybe they'll vaccinate those teams, and that's it. Maybe. Maybe that'll happen. But speaking of playoffs, that's another question that I think we need to have. Even if, like, let's say this Canadian division does end up going forward, and, again, you talk about questions. We don't know what realignment is going to look like completely. A couple of weeks ago, it seemed like we did, and then that wrinkle was kind of tossed in there about how now – well, A, there was going to be a, a swap, I think, with St. Louis and Dallas and Minnesota. And then now <laughs> yesterday, it was whether or not the Canadian teams were even going to play in Canada. And if that's the case, well, there goes the, the Canadian division and there goes realignment. Yeah. You're going to have to start all over again from that. But when it comes to the playoffs, let's say the Canadian uh, division does go off. And you talk about then the this Ducks have hope. <laughs> Do they? Do they? I'm, uh... I'm going to be frank here. If the Ducks have to play in the same division as Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis, and Vegas, then it's time to embrace the tank. Yes. But if they don't have to play those teams, if they can get away with playing Vancouver, which are still a good team, if they can get away with playing Calgary, if they can play Edmonton well, then they might have a somewhat better chance. I mean, it might still be time to embrace the tank or as... As the Locked On NHL Network likes to quote me as saying, 
it will be a success for the Ducks if they get a top three pick out of this season. <laughs> I think it would be too, to be honest with you. I'm just being think, honest. Where's the there. lie? But but my, my the the question that that I wanted to bring up with this whole conversation and in in a very long roundabout way it tied back to the vaccinations and the fact that if we end up playing the entire season with uh, these proposed realignments, uh, assuming that they do end up, whether it's in a hub city or they figure it out with the provinces, they do get a Canadian division. And then there is those other three American divisions that play each other. Do you think that by playoffs, the timeline about when the vaccines will should be dulled out. I think I said like eight, eight, by May or, or April, like something like 70 to 80 percent of people who want to take the, the vaccination in America will be able to take the vaccination. That's kind of their timeline. And if that's the case, what do the playoffs look like? Because I was always under the uh, uh, the understanding that even in the playoffs, it was just going to be. The top four teams are going to play each other, and then whoever comes out as the division winners at the end of that playoff, then there will be a four-team playoff from there with all the division winners. But maybe they could end up doing something different uh, if these vaccinations end up coming out pretty quickly and we see numbers go down drastically and, and the borders start opening up around maybe March, April, like they're spring, saying. Spring-ish. Yeah, like spring-ish, early spring. Maybe we could see a uh, a kind of cross conference, cross divisional playoffs. Are, are you suggesting that we go back to the old days where the Kings play the Maple Leafs in the conference finals? Uh, I wouldn't mind that because <laughs> I think the Maple Leafs will be able to mop the floor with the Kings. I'll take that all. Wayne day Gretzky long. is not coming out of that tunnel. No, he's Marty not. McSorley it's... ain't coming out. Nope, it's going to be, uh, well, Aj Kopitar is a pretty good player, but he ain't no Gretzky, that's for sure. Um, but no, yeah, I, I think so that they'll have, So they'll have the overrated up. Gabe Velarde. Oh, what? Exactly. What? <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, whoa, hey. hey. That's, a, that's a Canadian boy you're talking about there. Um, take there. <laughs> but I, I think, I just, I think that maybe that, that does, this does open up the possibility to see that. Absolutely. I wouldn't mind seeing some kind of interconference playoff, but we, again, it could be 24 teams again. It could be 16. It depends on what they talk about over the weekend as far as playoffs go. Or they could decide in March and April by then and just kind of wing it by that point of the season. Yeah, we'll see. There, there, again, lots of questions still to be answered. Um, trying to think off the top of my head here. We haven't seen. Like I said, we're doing this literally live, people. We are are looking through Twitter, trying to find out all the information uh, as it comes out. And and it looks like oh, I do see a quote here, actually, from uh, Pierre Lebrun, from Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, who says, quote, We have a tentative agreement with the Players Association on plans for the 2021 NHL season. The agreement is subject to approval by both of the respective constituencies. So that's not new news, but that is official news. I guess we could say a direct quote from uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. So uh, it's no longer reports. This is straight up fact. There is, in fact, a deal in place. And, uh, man, we could be watching hockey in 
couple of weeks. Thank God. <laughs> you, you especially, like, how have you been able to get through this? Like, at least I had, a, a, like, a few weeks where we could watch the Maple Leafs come and disappoint, as they usually do in the playoffs. But we at least got to watch them play. You haven't been able to watch a Ducks game since March. Like, h- how has your podcast even been, <laughs> like, having content, honestly? <laughs> We went over all the former Ducks that were on current playoff teams, so there was a little bit of that, I guess. So had a nice, nice run with Corey Perry all the way to the finals, I guess. Uh, did Luke Shen play for you guys? Yeah, Luke yeah. Shen did Yeah, for, for a little for bit. For a hot minute. Yeah, and then he was traded and to... And Curtis uh, McElhaney. He played for Anaheim? Yes, he did for a when? short minute. Early career, I guess. Yeah, early career. He was the backup goalie, played a few games for the Anaheim Ducks and was the backup for the Lightning, your Stanley Cup champions currently. So yep. it was it was cool to see him raise the cup finally just because of all the travels that he's gone through, all of the different teams that he played for and he finally finally got his cup. So yeah, Ducks fans weren't exactly sad to see one of those kind of players lift the cup finally. So I'm going to get you, I think we'll end this on this question here. Uh, and this is, we talked a lot about basically a lot of off ice, uh, newsy topical items here today. And obviously this was a, like an emergency podcast, breaking news. Let's just get some information out there and, and notify our, our listeners about what's going on in, in the, in the NHL right now. But as for an on ice question, what's something that you're looking forward to? This upcoming season. Um, I predicted this and I'm going to predict it yet again. I am looking forward to see the youth line finally come to fruition for the Anaheim Ducks. I can't wait to see Trevor Zegris and Max Jones or maybe even Zegris and maybe Henrique in a line. I mean, if you saw WJC's last year, Zegris led the United States in points with nine points great. last season. You You saw him play. Wasn't he spectacular? He was great. He's a, he's a he's a heck of a player, and you know that American roster is really talented. Uh, even coming up this year, I, I'm hoping that we get to see a, a USA Canada final at the, oh, the don't World give Junior. me that stress. <laughs> what do you? Well, I, I love watching good competitive hockey, and there's nothing like watching Canada v US with a gold medal on the line. Yeah, but we saw what happened in 2010. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. That's too soon, man. Too soon. It's been a whole decade. Come on now. Whole decade. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm looking forward to the World Juniors, though. I know we, we chatted pretty much about the NHL season for most of this, but uh, the World Junior Championships, they're coming up. They're, they're much sooner, and we're going to see World Junior you know, play before we do the NHL. Yeah, seven days. Uh, now, the, the Ducks yeah, have seven, the yeah. Ducks have four prospects playing for Team USA. Really? How many? Did, oh, did I see? They have six prospects, which I think leads the NHL in prospects at the tournament. No, six or the seven. Kings. The Kings with nine. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, that's right. With uh, your boy, Gabe Bellardi. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> that's all I'm... You know what? I, I, I will... 
also say this. I was not high on Velarde when he was getting drafted. He started tumbling down the draft boards, and it didn't surprise me at all because I went to a couple of Windsor Spitfire games. I got to see him live and watch him. The dude can't skate. He's got great hands. He's got a great mind, but the guy cannot skate. If he can learn, though, how to properly uh, skate in the NHL and and at least become a half-competent skater, he can be a really good player, but without that, without the wheels, I'm afraid he's not going to be the star talented first line center that uh, a lot of Kings fans are hoping he's going to, he will become. I don't know why the Kings are insisting on putting him at center because there was two things. One was the skating that you mentioned and another kind of minor thing, the faceoff dot, there were times where he looked completely lost in that center position. I don't know why the Kings are insisting on just Center, center, center. He's a pretty good winger. I mean, why not put him on the wing? Just saying. I'll say this, though. I'll say this. Skating was a knock on John Tavares. Yeah. And he worked on it. Skating was a knock on Bo Horvat, and he worked on it. <laughs> so skating can be improved upon, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens yeah, with we'll Velarde. He also does have that back issue, which definitely doesn't help his case. It doesn't. I mean, try try watching him with Ontario Rain games um, as it covered the American Hockey League. You know, seeing him up close and kind of peering over to my left side and seeing, uh, talking to someone saying, yeah, he's a little overrated, isn't he? And I hated saying that to other people next to me, but watching him for some of those games in Ontario, there was kind of that agreement that, yeah, he can't skate well at times. It's pretty sad. I'm sure our Leafs and Ducks listeners both really enjoyed that hot game <laughs> Velarde talk. I'm sure they loved it. Uh, Jason, man, that was this was a lot of fun. It was good catching up. We'll have to do another cross episode at some point. Uh, but for now, I think uh, unless we get any breaking news in the next 10 seconds, which I'll quickly take a look, actually, <laughs> we do have breaking news. Elliot Friedman saying that playoffs will be top four in each division, and each division produces a champion for the Stanley Cup semifinal. Yeah. So it's exactly what I predicted was going to happen. I actually love this from a Maple Leafs perspective because if the Canadian division is in fact a go, which it seems like it will be again, whether or not they're all in their own cities or whether or not it's 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 bubbled up or in a hub city, I do believe it's going to end up going forward. And if that's the case, I love Toronto's uh, chances to win that Canadian division. If it's Canadian division and the Ducks, yeah, they're not going to win the division in this case. If there's an all-Canadian division, hey, let's embrace the tank. Let's go for that top three pick next season. Hey, you embrace the tank and you root for the tank. I'll root for the Stanley Cup. It's basically a reversal of 10 years ago when the Ducks were Stanley Cup champions or, well, I guess, what, 13 years ago when they won the Cup now? it's a reverse retro. Ah. Ah, And it's a reverse retro year. You see how everything just plays out that way? Exactly. So I... I up here in Toronto will root for the tank in Anaheim. I hope you root for the cup champions in Toronto. And, and it would just be so fitting for Toronto to finally win a Stanley Cup after all these years and not be able to celebrate it with the Toronto fans who've just been starving for success since 1969. You mean no no more 60-something chance anymore? <sighs> yeah. 
don't need that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's akin to the 1940 chants that the Rangers heard all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, but they 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 dusted it off eventually. They got their cup. What 94? 94 94 against the Canucks. Yes, it was. All right. Uh, so yeah. So that's that's the latest, and yeah. doesn't look like any other news has broken the last. 120 seconds since that one broke. No, that, but, that's a big uh, one. I think that's a pretty big one. And I think and we got... Honestly, oh. if if each division produces a champion, then Colorado is easily going... Well, I don't know about that. If it's Colorado and Vegas in the same division, who do you think might come out on top? Because that's a tough, tough division. You know what? If, if Colorado's healthy, the biggest issue last year was they lost their goaltending. Grubauer went down. Yeah. And then even uh, Francis went down as well. And they relied on Michael Hutchinson, who as a Leafs fan and a Leafs reporter, I can tell you that is not a good idea to rely on Michael Hutchinson. So uh, as long as their goaltending can hold up, I, I really like what Col- Colorado's put together out there in Denver. As a SoCal see- hockey guy, I can tell you that Hutchinson can have his hot streaks at times. So you never know. Would that he, be... He played for the Ontario Reign of seven, eight years yeah. ago. Yeah, but there's a big difference between the AHL and the NHL, right? Yeah. I just He's just not, not that guy. You know, we've seen so many players that excelled in the, in the ECHL and then in the AHL, and then they get up to the big leagues and... For whatever reason, the game's just a little bit too fast for him, and they can't can't quite cut it up in the bigs. True. Yeah. All right, All right man. I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting the show. Subscribe to the Locked On Lease podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On Ducks podcast. Yeah. Jason Hernandez, thank you so much for joining me today. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Um, You can hear both our podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can hear our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you hear your podcasts. Indeed. Uh, What do I have? JD on Twitter, correct? At StimpyJD, as in Ren and Stimpy, for those of you that remember the old Nickelodeon cartoon, Ren and Stimpy, at StimpyJD. And you can follow me at Mickey underscore Canuck. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening, and have a good weekend. And for Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, reminding you to stay safe and wear a mask, be kind to one another, and as the Mad Hat Hucksters play us out, be kind and ducks fly together.